Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Borras, Doctor of Physical Therapy Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. The Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast, the number one fantasy football podcast centered around injuries, who happens to be hosted by the son of two Mexican immigrants and who also happens to be a physical therapist. Number one on the charts, number one in your hearts. Let's get it cracking today. Going to be a quick one. I want to talk about Dak Prescott, Jerry Judy, Baker Mayfield, Odell Beckham Jr., Kadarius Toney, and get to a very serious mailbag question. So obviously the number one person, number one player that we're going to talk about here today is Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott coming off a calf injury prior to the bye week and obviously has not made it through this week without some issues. He went full tilt in some drills on Thursday and he woke up this morning, I believe, and was sore. You can consider that a setback. You can consider that a reaction. You can consider that par for the course. But if he woke up this morning and decided that he was sore or, or felt that he was sore, then it's pretty safe to say that the Cowboys are going to wait to bring Dak Prescott along. That's not to say that he can't play, and it's not to say that he hasn't been ruled out. But the Cowboys have been very ominous about this entire injury situation. They've been really ominous about how they manage it. Uh, and, and he's been really forthcoming, Dak has, in saying, I've got to clear some hurdles. We'll see if I can clear them. I'm not sure if I will. Uh, Cooper Rush has been taking the first team snaps. So this is a situation where you're probably going to have to prep to be without Dak Prescott. I don't necessarily anticipate it being a long-term thing. At least it doesn't appear to be right now. Conservatively, and I mean ultra-conservatively, plan on this taking Dak Prescott out this week and next week. But realistically, I think he can be back by next week as long as he's not pushing that rehab too far and trying to do too much too soon, which it sounds like he was trying to do on Thursday. But ultimately, I think if he goes on Sunday, you really need to be careful with your exposure. You need to be careful with how much stack you have on your DFS rosters, etc. Depending on your other options, you might go elsewhere. I'm not going to ever tell you to fade Dak Prescott, but if he's active, he is more volatile. He's moderate to, to highly volatile, especially getting news that he was sore after this week. The next guy that's going to get a lot of run and a lot of tread here is going to be Jerry Judy. Another situation that was kind of strange. He practiced on Thursday and then didn't practice on Friday. Vic Fangio said that it was because of some soreness. He said, quote, some soreness that Jerry Judy was feeling. Now, my gut instinct and my first reaction is to say that's not normal. That's not great. Not ideal. The Broncos do say that they were being ultra conservative with him, and so they just let it him, let him rest. Uh, but this is something to monitor. I wouldn't look to Jerry Judy for a ceiling game, especially if he's still sore running routes. Uh, but I would look to him if you need a wide receiver three, wide receiver two, wide receiver three with a little bit of upside. But like I said, I don't necessarily anticipate this being a ceiling game for Judy. Uh, and I would actually be a little cautious about whether the Broncos are going to actually start him. So keep an eye on the Sunday inactives. But I do think that he can come back and contribute, uh, at least in part, to, to this offense. Um, he's super talented, but again, don't expect a ceiling game for Jerry Judy if he is active on Sunday. The next guy that I wanted to talk about that's sort of going out of order here is Baker Mayfield. He is not out of the woods. He is not healed. His shoulder injury didn't magically disappear, and he's going to be highly volatile the rest of the season. It's more than likely that he's going to get surgery at some point this offseason to repair all the damage he's done, uh, but he's obviously going to give it a go. I'm not using Baker Mayfield in any format. He's highly volatile. Another guy that's getting a lot of questions swirling on the Twitter sphere is Kadarius Tony. What happened to Darius Tony? Well, Kadarius Tony had a lateral ankle sprain, a low ankle sprain that he exacerbated uh, trying to play through, and now he's been limited this week. 
Now, the Giants have shown to be extremely, extremely slow and conservative with their player management in terms of injuries. You can see that with Saquon Barkley, who had a rolled ankle. Um, and I'm not just not trying to minimize the injury situation, but typically with a rolled ankle, the Miles Sanders, Saquon Barkley scenarios are a little less common, and they typically are able to bounce back more quickly. But uh, nevertheless, they are not. And if you haven't heard, Miles Sanders is now on the IR, and he cannot come back until week 11 at the soonest. But nevertheless, Kadarius Tony seems to have a little bit of an ankle sprain that he's working through. If he plays, he's volatile for re-injury again in week eight. If he's active, don't overdo it. Temper your expectations just a tad. Um, he obviously has a super high ceiling, but the, the bottom line is we don't really know where that ankle is after an exacerbation. And we don't know for a fact if he's going to be active. So, Sneak in a little bit of Kadarius Tony. Typically, I say to temper expectations and, and minimize exposure with these types of situations, but don't get too hung up on the injury situation because I think ownership really does go down in DFS when these situations are a little bit ambiguous. And if you're in a GPP uh, large field tournament, go for it. If you need a wide receiver three with upside, go for it. But I'm not going to overdo it necessarily. Pick your spots and be strategic about where you place Kadarius Tony. All right, now to the all-important mailbag today. We have an important mailbag question from Chris Riley at Chris underscore Riley underscore FFB. What are the key signs to look for when picking a taqueria? What are common traits all the good ones have? All right, so here, here's where I'm going to get extremely passionate. And I have this validated data that I've created. It's called Tacos Created, inspired by Graham Barfield and his Yards Created column every year. Um, it's the Tacos Created genre the tacos created uh, criteria and here they are number one it cannot have the word taco in it followed by the name of a man taco john i'm looking right at you it cannot have another noun afterward taco bell looking at you furthermore it cannot have an adjective taco grande looking at you these are all automatic notes now let's get to what a good taqueria does demonstrate and that's your first giveaway is it called a taqueria not tacos or taco bar or tuesday tacos or whatever you want to call it no is it called is it a taqueria number one if it's a taqueria eight and a half times out of ten you can ignore the rest of this criteria but we'll move on with more criteria now this first one is a little bit uh, controversial I don't believe that people at the taco trucks need not speak English. I do believe most solid, decent taco trucks can at least communicate with you if you don't speak Spanish. Uh, but obviously the criteria is if they need to speak Spanish, right? doesn't matter where it's from, where the taco truck is. If they speak Spanish, that is a great sign. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be just a truck. You can go to standalone taquerias. And have a good time. There's one right here where I live. Uh, it's great. We go to it often, my wife and I. We enjoy their tacos. Okay, so that's that's another rule. It doesn't necessarily have to be a truck. And I think the last criteria here uh, for it to be solid, uh, a solid tra taco truck and finding a taqueria is, is do they have hot sauce that is actually hot? If there is hot sauce on the menu that burns your tongue, you're in the right place. If you ask for the hottest hot sauce and it, it's more ketchup-based, 
then you're not at the right place. So to summarize, call it a taqueria. Don't add any adjective or noun after the name. Typically, they're bilingual. And it can be in a truck and or a standalone residence. And once again, I'd like to remind everybody that hard taco shells, if they have hard taco shells uh, that are not tacos dorados, then you're in the wrong place. Everybody make sure to go to Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at FB Injury Doc. Please subscribe to the Fantasy Football Podcast. You'll get it every Friday evening once it's posted. Uh, I'm doing a really bad a job of promoting this, so please tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody about it. Thank you again for your support. Hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions. Good luck in week eight.